This is the Beer and Hymns Podcast, where we look at the stories and people behind the hymns we know and love, we consider what they mean to us today, and of course, we sing. This is episode 24, All Hail the Power of Jesus' Name. Anthemic, yes. If that's a word, Ugh. yeah. I could, yeah, I could feel that with like in your chest. That's like, right. Ugh. Welcome to episode twenty-four of the Beer and Hymns podcast. I'm Mike Tetralt, and I'm Brian Russell. <laughs> I love that trademark growl, <laughs> the Russell growl. Well, welcome. We're here to talk today about "All Hail the Power of Jesus' Name." Cool. It is a classic, as all of our hymns are. Um, this hymn is often referred to as, and I hadn't heard this before I researched it, it's often referred to as the National Anthem of Christendom. Okay. I'm not sure what I make of that title. Yeah, yeah. It's very royal sounding, like, That's all hail the, the power of Jesus' you name know, is very like, you would you would hear this as you're walking into the court of, uh, of Jesus. Okay, so it's got that, that lauding, the, the adoration. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, okay, I can see that. The National Anthem of Christendom. I think for me it's the word national. I'm like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Christ's kingdom. Christ's kingdom, there we go. Yeah, the kingdom yeah. anthem, I like kingdom that. Kingdom anthem. Yeah, so the lyrics were written by a guy named Edward Perronet, and they first appeared in the November 1779 issue of Gospel Magazine. Okay. I, I wasn't sure if you were a subscri- subscriber back then, Brian. No, I was not. I was not. I was really getting it digitally. Okay. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. You, you need the hard copy, I think. It's it's a... Now, that uh, magazine was published by Augustus Toplady. Uh, he was the author of Rock of Ages. Are you sure it's not Top Lady? I've always heard it Top Lady. Oh, okay. But you know, you always heard it that way. You know, <laughs> either way, it could be Augustus Top Lady. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> however, you want to do it. Um, he's the one that published it. Sweet. Um, and that initial appearance in November of 1779, it only included a single verse, and it was attributed to anonymous. What? Very mysterious. Yeah, it is very mysterious. And only one lyric, one line, it like was one verse, one verse, one verse. As the as a hymn. So this, I think... Was it, that a thing back if then? If Edward Perronet had a social media team, this was like early, I feel like early foray into marketing. Oh, because a teaser. It was a teaser because the full lyrics uh-huh. were published in the same magazine five months later. Oh. Okay, so it was like... Stick around, folks. We'll yeah. be right back. <laughs> if you like that verse, wait till you see the next one. Uh-huh. Yeah, so five months later, it comes out um, with all the lyrics... People are like, oh, here it is again. The full version uh, had eight verses. Okay. The original title was, On the Resurrection, the Lord is King. Little wordy. Little wordy. Little wordy. Not quite yeah. as snappy as, yeah. as what we have today. Um, also with the full version, 
kind of accompanying with it off to the side was a, an acrostic poem. Do you know what those are? Yeah, yeah. The first, like the first let Brian, brave, resourceful, interesting, anonymous, and <laughs> noteworthy. Wow. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's really good. <laughs> Thank you. You're really good at acrostics. I know. Anyway, so the acrostic poem spelled out Edward Perronette. What? Yeah, I know. You see? So like... It's real oh, show. Wait a minute. It was anonymous. And yet, if you looked at this poem, you put the things together, you might figure it out. Right. See, oh. that's, so that's what I'm saying. The whole That's my jam right there. Yeah, that's my like, jam. I mean, I feel like that's kind of a dramatic, like, self-reveal going uh-huh, on. You know, uh-huh. like, you drop a verse, but secretly. Uh-huh. With a little acrostic poem on the side, in yeah. the sidebar. See if anybody notices that they're related. Right. Is this an advertisement? No, no. It's just another poem <laughs> well, right just, next to this one. It just spells out this man's name. Mm-hmm. Okay. Interesting. So the overall message of the song is inviting different groups to ascribe glory and honor to Jesus. So in the original text, like every verse is basically inviting some different group oh. to hail Jesus' name. Okay. So, okay. Uh, the first one, the first verse we just sang is everyone. Everybody, so right. All hail. Uh-huh. Um, the next verse is angels, uh, then stars then martyrs, uh, then descendants of Israel, uh-huh. then David's descendants, kind of similar but separate, I guess, yep. then all sinners, and then... That'd be every, everybody again. Right, everybody again. There, uh-huh. there are several everybodies. Yeah. Uh, and the last verse um, talks about every tribe and tongue. Okay. So those are the original verses, and we're obviously singing um, similar ones, but we've dropped some over the years. Yes. Um, the tune that we use today is the most common tune um, sung with this hymn, at least in the United States. Mm-hmm. The There's tune- other versions. Oh, yeah. Other tunes. There are three main tunes for this uh, for this hymn that have been uh, picked up. Hail the, the power of Jesus' name. <laughs> Let angels prostrate fall. Is that Bring heavy? forth the <laughs> royal diadem and crown him Lord of all. You know, Brian. Um, Was that ha- one of them? Happy birthday is strongly copyright protected. Uh, oh, we are in trouble. Dang it, dang We're in it. trouble. I'm, I didn't say happy birthday. Yeah, okay. I but, was just singing. Yeah, <laughs> just a random tune. Yeah. It just came to you. Um, so this this tune that we use today is called Coronation. Um, the other two... Ver- the other two Coronation, tune. another royal... Right. Well, I think it was... This tune was written for this text specifically. Okay, okay. Um, now there are two others. Uh, the tunes are called Miles Lane, which I think is more popular in, in Britain. Okay. And also Diadem, um, which I think is the, the number three in the group. Uh-huh. You know, but yeah, anyway, yeah. those are commonly used. When My we, number two favorite word in this song. Is Diadem. Diadem, which is what? like a scepter? Um, it's, I think it's a, it's a crown. It's a crown? Yeah. Right, I'm going to have to Google that real yeah, quick. Pretty, yeah. <laughs> please do. What's your favorite word in the song? Throng. <laughs> of course. Definitely it throng. Uh, it's a throng. Um, a fun fact, uh, that verse that you're talking about with yonder sacred throng, um, that was actually a later addition to the hymn. That was, oh. that was not in the original. Oh. And it makes that sense. That wasn't part of Edward's. No, it was not. And it makes sense because all the verses are inviting specific people, right? And that verse you're referring to, the last verse, says, Oh, that with yonder sacred throng we at his feet may fall. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not inviting anybody. It's just kind of thinking about the future. That's like everybody who took accepted the invitation. Right. That's what we're doing later. It's, yeah, exactly. Like It's like the, the, the epilogue. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so that verse was written almost 10 years after by a guy named John Rippon. Okay. Um, and in fact... Um, the words of this hymn have been heavily adjusted by different denominations over the years. Mm. Kind of like... A theme with hymns. Yeah, exactly. Like the older it is, it has more time to be tinkered with. Um, 
So several stanzas have been dropped over time, as we've seen. One extreme example of changing the hymn is from the Unitarian Church. Oh. Uh, now, the Unitarian Church obviously is very generic, like... Uh, That's UU, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Right, where it's, you know, that there's no specific... God. Subscription to God. It's kind of like everybody. Nature and, uh, is a God. Everything's and, good, right? Yeah, everything's yeah. Love good. is a God. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they use this hymn in its hymnal. They change the title to... All hail the power of truth to save from error's binding thrall. Okay. Which I mean, so they just changed the Jesus to just more of a generic yeah, truth. Yeah. Like, but they used another. They used thrall, which is another top ten word. <laughs> At least they got that going yeah, for them. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. So wait, what is the title of their hymn if it's not "All Hail the Power of Jesus"? No, name? That, that is the title. All hail the power of truth to save from error's binding thrall. That's oh yeah, that's way too wordy. That <laughs> that's is definitely so too many wordy. Words. So many words. Um, now for tunes, like I said, uh, there was no tune like prepackaged with the hymn. Um, often congregations would just choose a tune that kind of fit the meter and they just roll with it. Um, the tune we use today, Coronation, was written about 15 years after the lyrics were initially published. Hmm. And I'm most familiar with that tune. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I think it's just because that's what I grew up hearing. Yeah. But we're in the U.S. So that's that, what I've always heard when we've played it at Beer and Hymns. I play that one because that's what I know. So, you know, I get to, I'm kind of like a hymn editor in some ways. Yeah, you are. Wow. Now, uh, Edward Perrinet was a missionary to India. Uh-huh. He was ordained in the Anglican Church, All right. so the Church of England, uh-huh. before joining the evangelical movement of John and Charles Wesley. Edward's father, Vincent Perrinet, was one of the Wesley's closest friends. Okay. Uh, so Edward, uh, the son, mm-hmm. the guy that wrote this hymn, he was an accomplished preacher, but he refused to preach in front of John Wesley, uh, maybe because of, like, deference or humility. You know, because John Wesley's like this, you know, epic, yeah. Yeah. well-known preacher. Not right? because he didn't like him. No, right. it was it was a, you know, he's kind of the, the master. So one time during an event, mm-hmm. Wesley insisted that Perrinet preach. He just like up, just announced to the crowd, and now we're going to hear a sermon from Brother Edward. And, and what's Ed going to do? Yeah. He can't like, be like, no, I'm not going up there. He's like, okay. Yeah. Can you imagine like being in a worship service and it's like, and now Brian's going to share with yeah, us. Yeah. Yeah. Please don't do that to me. <laughs> I, will, I won't do that to you. At least. <laughs> um, you know, it could happen though. So uh, Paranet, he was a pretty quick thinker. He said, I will now deliver the greatest sermon ever preached on earth. What? Oh, humble much? Yeah, exactly. You get people <laughs> like, if you want to get their attention. And Wesley's like, dang it, I made a huge mistake. It's like, oh no, here it comes. Uh, no, then uh, Paranet, he read the words of Jesus from the Sermon on the Mount, and he sat down. Oh, clever. <laughs> yeah, right? That so was that, nice move. So nice nev- move. So he never had to preach yep. in front of John Wesley. He just read the Sermon on the Mount. Brilliant. That's a brilliant move. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm going to do if it happens to me. Y'all want to hear me preach? Best sermon ever right here. Yep. Here it comes. Get ready. Get ready. Wait a minute. This sounds familiar. (laughs) I've heard this before. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then when you're done, you can say, I attribute this to nobody. This is all my thoughts. Perfect. Very (laughs) original. Shouldn't do that. And then you get hit by lightning. (laughs) Yes, exactly. So Edward, it it was not all good times with the Wesleys. He did have a split with them later. Um, it was because he fl- he favored splitting off from the Church of England because there was a bit of a conflict between the Wesleys and the Church of England. Like the conflict was about whether one should be able to administer the Lord's Supper to do communion outside of the Church of England's official control. Hmm. So the okay. Wes- the Wesleys, you know, they were doing their own ministry. They wanted to do their own, but but they wanted to remain under the umbrella of authority oh, okay. of the Anglican Church. And Edward was like. 
nope, we got to do our own thing. Anybody should, like, yeah. house church should be able to do Lord's Supper. Exactly, mm-hmm. and that was, like, scandalous at the time. Mm-hmm. So uh, Edward published a very critical satire of the church, and after that publication, the Wesleys broke off ties with him mm. um, because it was, like, too extreme. Yeah. So he once remarked that Edward once said, I was born and I'm likely to die in the tottering communion of the Church of England, but I despise its nonsense. I mean, that... Uh, harsh words. Yeah, harsh, but, I mean, it, it could be fair. Yeah. I mean... I mean, dep- I'm not sure what he experienced uh, at the hands there, but mm-hmm. basically he was like, you know, I'm stuck with this church because that's what I was born into, but I still hate it. So the Wesleys were a little more trying to be conciliatory um, with the governing uh, church authorities. So by all historical accounts, Edward was a difficult person to get along with. He had a sharp tongue and he was more prone to pick theological fights than to extend a brotherly love. I mean, well, I mean, we all have our personalities, don't we? That's true. And, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like, I, you know, I feel like I know some Edwards nowadays yeah. even. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. That's still a thing. I, I don't have any criticism to offer. <sighs> all right. Of, I know, right? Thank you. I know. I, I looked far and wide, but, you know, it's just such an anthem. I guess there's none. But um, often. Oh, here comes the butt. <laughs> I was going to say, often the criticism that comes in is, Usually something to deal with, like, the song is too sentimental. Right. Or it's too, yeah. And but I think... This is not sentimental. It's not sentimental no. at all. It's very, like, paints God as, like, I don't want to say distant, but, you know, high above us. Yeah. You know, like, it's... it's. And I think you can see the contrast, maybe, between this hymn and the hymns that are criticized for being too sentimental. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right? Like, it's this balance of God as being transcendent and way above us mm-hmm. and God as being, like among us mm-hmm. and very present to yeah, help, you yeah. know? This one, this one, I feel like a king who's like around, mm-hmm. you know, he's here. He's not like out there, right? Right. right? right. He's very hands-on. Right. But yeah. maybe not like Jesus is my boyfriend, kind of like right. super intimate. No, uh, no, 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 no. None no. of that. Like you're going to have to get past a battalion of guards <laughs> and a couple like gatekeeper type right. people that before you're going to get to right. sit down and have a chat. Yeah, so maybe it's just the hymnologists like to criticize the the hymns that paint God as more of a the friend aspect. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe that's it. Definitely. So one story of legend, uh, last thing here. I cannot totally confirm this, mm-hmm. but as story goes, a Reverend E.P. Scott, mm-hmm. missionary to India in the 1800s, as the story goes, his heart was particularly burdened for a group that had been especially hostile okay. towards outsiders. Uh-huh. Uh, all of Scott's friends told him, dude, stay away. It's dangerous. Uh, you need to avoid that territory at all costs. But okay. instead, Scott journeyed right to that location. Uh, but before he could even reach the destination, he found himself surrounded mm. by armed members of the tribe. Oh. So scary stuff. Yep. He hadn't brought any weaponry with him, just a I violin. Mean- what would what kind of missionary would bring weaponry? Well, yeah, like I mean, well, people would say, "Oh, it's dangerous. Bring something to defend yourself, just in case." Yeah, you know. But okay. I, but you're right. Like, it's, what are you doing? What are you doing out there? So he brought a violin. So he played "All Hail the Power of Jesus Name" on his violin. Okay. I don't know what tune he used, but he used one of them. Yeah, probably coronation. Probably. Yeah. I mean, it's the best one. Uh, so he just closed his eyes and started playing, and he kind of expected that, like. The next experience would be, <gasps> yeah, would be entering heaven. Like, yes. Uh-huh. When I open my eyes, there's Jesus going to yeah, be there. Yeah. Right. Um, but after a few minutes of playing, he t- uh, tentatively opened his eyes. Like one maybe at first, <laughs> kind of squinty and looking little, around. Uh-huh. Yeah, you don't want to be too sudden with your movements. Yeah. To find that the people had put down their weapons and they were just listening in a mixture of awe and curiosity. Huh. Like they were just like, whoa. 
So the they, power of music. Right. They then welcomed him in all hospitality, and he was able to share the gospel with their group, even with some of them choosing to follow Jesus. Huh? Crazy, nice. right? Yeah. So the power of, 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 a, of a hymn. Yeah. So the Holy Spirit at work through music. It's a beautiful thing. Awesome. All right. Do you want to keep singing this hymn? Yeah, yeah. Chosen seed of Israel's race, he ransomed from the fall. Hail him who saves you by his grace, and crown him Lord of all. Hail him who saves you by his grace, and crown him God, thank you for being who you are. Thank you for your majesty and your royalty and just the power that you have, the way you can save somebody literally here on earth from death and figuratively from just anything that could uh, be affecting them. You save in so many ways, and we thank you for that. We thank you for um, just your gift of eternal life and just pray that you would continue to watch over us and protect us with that power. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.